0: Good morning everyone. Well the reading today is not as in the um, order of service, it's in one and uh, no it's not, it's in John one verses one to fourteen and it can be found on page one oh six three in the church Bibles. So the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth.
1: Thanks, Heather, very much, and a good morning. It is, of course, good and right and necessary that we are separate churches meeting in different places, but that will not be the case, will it? In eternity, we will be one. How good to be together as one this morning. Let's pray together. We love this description of you, Lord Jesus, full of grace and truth. The light, please shine in this time now. Speak to us, and we pray, Lord Jesus, that your words to us about being the family of God This truth might make a deep impression upon us into the new year and beyond. For your name's sake, amen. The passage we just read teaches us about a gift. I wonder if you got what you wanted for Christmas. For me, it was... um, it was actually what I wanted, a bunch of kind of uh, basically beach stuff. I've got good intentions, you see, good intentions. Uh, one of those oversized coats, uh, the beach shoes, and s- some money for a paddleboard, um, and uh, one of those kind of low-down chairs to sit on, you know, at the end of it all. Uh, that's, that's the main... That's the, that's the, that's the key. Um, uh, uh, of course, for one... Young, I presume, lady some time ago, Christmas was really quite unusual. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge (laughs) in (laughs) a pear tree. I guess they weren't on her list. (laughs) Um, But the beloved, as you know, uh, almost certainly was only just getting started. Uh, Day two, Parcel Force turns up. Again, another partridge <laughs> in an, another pear tree and uh, two doves, turtle, do- turtle doves, what's a turtle? No, no, two doves, two doves, turtle doves, whatever. So it goes on with French hens and uh, leaping lords, leaping lords, um, milking maids and so on. Look, like if you're visiting from abroad, <laughs> there's this uh, strange uh, Christmas song, uh, I, I, uh, ask a local, by the, by the time the 12 days are up, the beloved has received uh, 12 partridges, 12 <laughs> pear trees, 22 turtle doves, a lot of other things as well, 40 milking maids, um, who presumably came with 40 cows, an awful lot of milk, um, five gold rings, eight successive days, making 40 in total, and the mind boggles at the amount of um, body piercing needed to make good use of them, she also received 22 pipers and 12 drummers. Presume, And oh, what a racket. All in all, it's hard to think of anything more likely to finish off a relationship, wouldn't you think? Each year, someone calculates the, 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 the cost of the, the whole caboodle, I quote. Um, this is, by the way, if you hire rather than buy the people. Uh, the total cost of all the lavish gifts mentioned in the 12 days of Christmas carol reached an all-time high of... 46729 700, $46, dollars this year. It's about forty thousand pounds. That cost of living. Hey, I wonder if you got what you wanted for Christmas. Maybe it was something you wanted, or maybe you really just wanted good times with family and friends, or or a rest, or or, or restoration in some way, better health. I don't know. You know, I guess, I, guess, I guess what we really want, you can't write down on a list, you know? So, socks it is, again. Well, our focus is on a gift, a gift for you that will knock your Christmas socks off. Um, it's in verse 12. Take a look with me, please. This is our key scripture, verse 12, or just listen along. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the gift. The gift of all gifts. The right to become children of God. It's a gift that comes with immense love, shown not least by the fact that it doesn't come cheap, 40 odd grand it doesn't come close this is costly and this gift is perfect it's absolutely what you and I need nothing on your wish list or your bucket list is anywhere near as good, let me tell you then what's coming up over the next few moments let me share with you what the gift is how it's ours and what's next Okay, what it is, how it's ours, what, what next for us. Um, actually, just before that, though, who it's from. Let's take a look at who it's from. Who is it that gives us the right to become children of God? In verse 12, the him and the his and the he is Jesus Christ. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And Jesus Christ is qualified to give this gift. See, before verse 12, Jesus Christ is described, we're told, as both with God and God. After verse 12, we're told Jesus Christ is the Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, do you see that Jesus is the Son of God who came from God? So, no wonder he has the ability to give you and I the right to be children of God. If I can put it this way, he's a key player in the family. And in his great kindness, he says to us, Come in and enjoy. What I enjoy. And so, just to get us clear from the start, given that Jesus is the Son of God, well, then being a child of God, friends, is not just for children. And nor is it just for those of us who have never had, sadly, a father like figure in our lives. Nor is it the case, as Christopher Hitchens once claimed, that the problem with thinking you're a child of God is you'll never grow up. No, no, this gift isn't just for a few needy people. We're talking here about being a son of God, like God the son, a son or daughter. And so there is not a single person, young or old, rich or poor, for whom being a child of God would not be the very greatest gift they have ever had. In fact, many of us here have it. We're children of God as we sit here this morning. And friends, that is the greatest thing about you. Which brings us to what the gift is. From who it's from to what it is. What does it mean for you and I to be given the right to be a child of God? I've always known um, what it means to belong to a human family. I've got my birth certificate um, here with me. Carefully protected. And it's all here. Certificate of birth. Name and surname, David Howarth. It's just about only my... My, my, my kind of side of my immediate family who now call me David, but there it is David Howarth. This here, verse 12, tells us that I can be every bit as certain that I belong to God's family. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave. It's, it's past tense, it's definite. He gave the right to become children of God. No one can dispute my membership of the Howarth family. Similarly, if the Son of God has given you the right to be a child of God, then nothing can change that. No case or lawsuit that comes against you. No, no change of mind in the, in the, in the heavenly realms. No, no change in circumstances. Not life nor death can affect your status as a child of God. God the Son has given it to you. He's given you the right to be a son or daughter of God. It's unbreakable. It's unchangeable. It's also incomparable. <laughs> Incredible. Phenomenal. Yeah, just think. Just think. We might, you might, like I have, said, said you know, our Father who art in heaven, our Father in heaven, I don't know, a thousand, ten thousand times, Just think about who our Father in heaven is. Our Father created the universe with a word. He right now controls every atom in the universe, and he is your Father. Think how secure you are as a child of God. Just imagine, if 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 your Father is rich, I don't know, a Bezos or a Branson or whoever it might be. What does that mean for you? If your father is rich, if daddy is rich, I, I guess you have, you know, you have a kind of, it's not guaranteed, but you basically have a kind of basic security in life, don't you? Okay? Well, your daddy's probably not rich. <laughs> but your father in heaven has got the, he's got the whole world in his hands. That's what I call Secure and you know he knows everything doesn't he i think there's 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 something like 4.7 billion web pages on the internet and counting no doubt he knows the content of every single one and he's your father and, and and so he knows he knows everything about you all you're going through all you're up to all you feel all the stuff, stuff you can't express, even to your closest friend, spouse, whatever it might be. He knows everything. Even the stuff you don't know. He knows. That's not bad or weird, okay? He is for you. He loves you immensely. It's wonderful. Now, I think your Father God always has time for you. Is there anyone on earth who always has time for you and I? Your Father God always welcomes you. Your Father God always listens carefully to every word that you say and, and to your heart behind the words, so you don't, you don't need to get the words right. Your Father God, he's never sleepy or forgetful or grumpy or, or disinterested in you. You're given the right to be a child of God. You are brought into the family of the triune God himself. So you're able to whisper in the ear of God as your father. And he's never powerless to help. He's never unsure of what to do for you. You're a dad. You have He is infinitely wise, so he always tells you what you need to hear, okay? And he oversees every detail of your life in the very best way possible, even when it's hard to see. Because with his extraordinary, infinite knowledge and wisdom and power and love that is for you, everything that happens to you happens out of his fatherly goodness. Even the tough stuff. And then, and then when you're a prodigal or just a pain your father God is always so, so patient with you. Your father God always forgives everything you've done wrong. With God as your father then with his immense love as it were covering your life. You are not defined by your performance, but by his immense love. And and in the chaos, you're not adrift. And when you arrive safely to shore, God will welcome you in. Imagine him saying to you, I'm so glad to welcome you into my heavenly home at last. I brought you to myself at great cost. I carried you through your weaknesses. I held on to you all those times you tried to run away from me. And now finally you're here. It's so good to see you that's what's awaiting you and I with God as our Father I'm a father of two and a a leader of a church family more than anything I want Charlie and Jack and my brothers and sisters at Holy Cross to have God as their father and to enjoy having God as their father Perhaps, I don't know, I don't know, just maybe you're getting a taste for the difference it would make to you. If you you lived out of this reality, lived out of it, not just heard about it right now, but lived out of it. We'll come back to that just for now. You know, some of us can say, my earthly father is or was basically good. Well, you have a heavenly father who is like your earthly father, but is so much more. Others of us have sadness because of the father we longed for and never had, maybe because of untimely death or because of bad character and selfishness and cruelty or absence. And there may be someone here this morning who can say, I never knew my earthly father or my earthly father disappointed me in this way or that, but thank God that I have a heavenly father who has taken me for his own forever. And is all to me that my human father was not? Everything I've ever dreamed a father could be, God is now and always will be for me. We need to spend a moment, friends, on how this gift is ours. So from whom it came, from whom it came, it's the right grammar, to what it is, how is it ours, how is it ours? Verse 12, take another look. Yet to all who did receive him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I, I, I need to say, this puts pay to some widespread but wrong ideas about who are God's children and how we become a child of God. For one thing, we're not all God's children, just as we are. That's clear in verse 12, isn't it? As a school governor, I was invited to a governor's event run by the Church of England and it was called Caring for All God's Children. It was worthwhile, because it was about caring for schoolchildren. But it assumed that all children are God's children, and that's not the case. Former President of America, Lyndon B. Johnson, said this, God made all people, therefore all people are God's children. The first half of that is right. The second half is not right. For what does our verse say? The right to be a child of God is a gift from the Son of God. And who does he give the gift to? To all who did receive him. To those who believed in his name. Not only is no one a child of God simply by being born, Nor is anyone a child of God because they're born into the right family. That's what verse 13 tells us. Children of God are children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will. They're born of God. And so, then, one more wrong idea to knock on the head is if we become children of God, is the idea that we become children of God by our own efforts. I remember one year my goddaughter telling me she'd made a New Year's resolution to get on better with her sister. It was about midday on the 1st of January. She was doing okay so far. Um, Perhaps you've done something similar for the year ahead, but let's be clear, human efforts make no difference to our standing before God. Maybe we assume that to become a child of God, there must be a religious initiation to get there and... 20 things to do before breakfast every day to stay there. But no, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And here's why nothing else can do the job. We've heard it already in the passage. It's that by nature we're in the darkness. We can't get out of it by ourselves. I wonder if you have got good intentions to do better in 2024. Many of us do, but as we know, the resolutions to swim more in the sea, they rarely last. And the, problem, the, the, the reason for that is that we don't change, you know? did you know, um, I think today, using American dating is... Because they put the month first, right? It's one, two, three, one, two, three. Oh. Um, but of course, though the calendar will change, from that to 010124. you and I won't. And the biggest problem I have isn't that I need to do more exercise or be more forgiving or whatever. It's, it's 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 what it's always been. On that first Christmas, when the Son of God came to His own people, His own people did not receive Him. Every door in Bethlehem barred and bolted against. God. And by nature, that rejection is acted out again and again in your life and mine. And if we're going to go from darkness to light, from enemies of God to children of God, it's not going to happen by our religious efforts or our good living or by some New Year's resolutions, let alone by being born into the right family. Our only hope is if God steps in does something astonishing and gives us the right to become a children. It's got to be a gift, hasn't it? And he has. And he does. And boy, was it costly. A lot of popular myths on there about Christ's birth. A a primary school child wrote in a test, it must have been crowded around the manger because the three kings brought gold, myrrh, and Frankenstein with them into the stable. (laughs) But actually, you know, most kind of so-called, you know, proper versions aren't much better than that, are they? Judging by our Christmas cards, at least. Isn't the nativity scene always so clean and cozy? We can easily miss the cost. So costly for the high king of heaven to become a human and to live amongst us. And then to live the life he did live live so largely scorned and rejected And then how did it end? The wood and the nails of the cross. But what is he doing there? Bearing the terrible darkness of our sin. So costly to give us this gift because he did that. By doing that, he opened up membership of God's family for us. To give us everything, cost him everything, no expense spared. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So this is how it happens. By receiving him. As he is. By believing in his name the Son of God. Not then by giving him a nod, as it were. Bringing him out at Christmas, putting him away with the rest of things. No, by believing in his name, by day by day, trusting in him as Savior and Lord. That's Have you, have you received Christ? Have you received him, the Son of God? You believe in his name. If you do, if you know him and follow him as he is, the mighty Son of God, then it's yours. You're in. You have the right to be called a child of God. That's how it happens. Okay, so we've walked through three aspects of this gift of gifts who it's from, the Son of God, what it is, the right to be a child of God, and how it's ours by receiving the Son of God, by believing in his name. All right. So what next? Well, either we've received Christ, or we haven't. Let me say a word to both. To all who received him. It's an offer to all. And today, if you receive the Son of God, if this is something you've never done before, if you believe in his name, if you take him, as your God and saviour, you will become a child of the living God forever. Now doing that will come with costs. But there's nothing better. If you're not yet ready to do that, then at least keep discovering more about it. I plead with you. What if we have done that? What What if we are trusting believing in the Son of God what if we are children of God let me be super clear with you this is you're not a child of God it's not a pie-in-the-sky wish fulfillment for those who have a particular kind of psychological crutch you know needing that crutch or a father need or whatever it is this is real in history god the son came from god the father to give us the right to become sons and daughters of god it's real so what if day by day we lived out of that reality that we are children of god I'm hesitant to, um, to give a to-do list, you know, because this is, this is a glorious gift that you receive, okay? So <clears throat> rather imagine, imagine with me. Imagine if, imagine if being a child of God was the canvas that your portrait was painted on. Imagine if being a child of God was the pages that your story was written on. In other words, imagine day by day enjoying the tender love of your heavenly Father. Imagine that you trusted him then to provide carefully your daily needs. Imagine you were conscious of his protection from unhelpful harm. And his, imagine you lived conscious of his disciplining you in the way you should go. Imagine that you lived conscious of his showering you with undeserved kindness, particularly when something hard happens. Imagine regularly going to him with your wrongdoing and receiving his forgiveness afresh each and every time. Imagine you enjoyed God your Father's constant attention to your prayers Now imagine when someone shuns you. doesn't value you. Doesn't talk to you in the way that you, you wish you were talked to. Or whatever it is. Sins against you in some way. Imagine in that moment. Knowing that you're a dearly loved child of God. Make a difference, wouldn't it? Or imagine when you're Lonely. Devastated, beside yourself. Just just lost. Imagine knowing through your tears that you're a dearly loved child of God. And now imagine being able to say without a moment's pause, he has me in his grip. And if I go home, and I'm knocked down by the number 11 bus, I'll be welcomed by my Father into heaven because I belong there with him and with his Son and with all his children. Imagine, in other words, living like you really are a child of God. And just Just one more. Imagine, well, the um, the, the present that uh, I, in fact, the present that anyone received uh, on our Christmas Day that by far and away got the biggest laugh was was this one, which says, um, what a difference a Dave makes. (laughs) Now, I've pondered this. And I realize uh, that it doesn't actually say whether it's a positive difference. (laughs) And, um, and particularly given that it was given to me by my in-laws. <laughs> the, the jury's out. But imagine that the difference that I was able to make to someone, and imagine that the difference that you were able to make to the people around you who, who are also trusting in the Lord Jesus, is that, you were, is that is that you were able to help them live as... Dearly loved children of God, what a difference you would make. Okay. Well, here's my to-do list for you then. Let it be so. What if we lived as the children of God that we are? Okay, how about this? for a New Year's resolution. Let it be so. Let's start as we mean to go on and talk to our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven We were in darkness. You forgave us and adopted us. And here we are, here we sit. That where our trust is in the Lord Jesus, where we have received him as ours, we sit as your children. Lord, we've, we've barely begun to appreciate what that means, but we, we've had a taste of it and we know it's good. Our Father in heaven, may we more and more live as children of God by the power of your Holy Spirit And we trust and pray, we we plead with you. We live in a world of people desperately in need to know you as their father. And may we, as we know you as father, hold out this gift. And we plead with you that 2024 might be a year of many more receiving Christ being given the right to become children of God.
0: For Jesus' sake we pray, amen.